Hey guys, welcome back to Smart Women Connect with myself and Sarah. We've not actually had a conversation at all this morning. Um, we've just come straight on here. And there's a reason. Because as soon as I switched on the record button, uh, or not the record button, as soon as I went into Zoom, there is Sarah eating chocolate orange. And I'm it's also... Dark. It, it's dark chocolate orange. It's still got sugar in it. And then there's me <laughs> eating, um, there's me eating, i tell you what I was eating actually. I was eating cold pork chops and a strawberry. <laughs> du, du, du. Together? Yes. Cold pork chops and a strawberry. That's not normal. Uh, well, so here we go and I'll tell you why. And I'll tell you why we switched this on without having a chat this morning. Because although I'm not Catholic, I decided that I was going to go sugar-free for Lent. I was actually doing a sugar detox program um, that I do with some people. And I decided, you know what? Seven days, no sugars, nothing. Let's do 40 days, no sugar. And the first week was, it was actually hell on earth. I'm just going to say, and I don't eat a whole ton of sugar, but the first week for me was hell on earth. Um, and I think that's really bad because I don't actually eat a whole load of sugar. Second week, and I'm going to say that by around about day four, I had gotten over that really bad feeling of feeling like I had a flu. And I was definitely feeling energized and I carried on going to the gym and my workouts were really good. By the time I got into the second week of doing the detox, when I wasn't continually craving sugar and I wasn't feeling bad and when I say feel bad it's a feeling of having a flu coming on you actually feel as though somebody's pushed your eyes into the back of your head and you feel you feel as if you've got a cold there's all of those kind of symptoms there feeling a bit run down you could actually mistake the um, the sugar detox symptoms for having a flu once you get over it though, it's like somebody just switches a light bulb on and all of a sudden you start to think, gosh, I feel good. And I found that my workouts in the gym were really, really good too. And I'm in no way starving myself. In fact, to make up for the energy that I've, that I've got, I'm probably eating a lot more, but I'm eating more protein. But here's what I noticed in week two, whenever I was feeling so much better. It's not cravings it's habits. It's when you sit down to do certain things. And I'd read about this before, but I had never actually experienced it myself. But I experienced it now. I experienced when I was having the need for sugar. And I think it's psychological and I think it was tied into certain things in the day. So I'll tell you what they were. What I was finding, having a, like an at-home business and just like being in the house on my laptop, I was noticing that around about 10.30, 11 o'clock, I was getting bored. I'd been sitting at my laptop doing whatever I was doing and I was getting bored. And I would usually go and have something to drink, maybe a herbal tea. Um, occasionally, not very often, I might have had a coffee. Um, but I was going to have something and I was always having a biscuit or a piece of chocolate or something with that tea. So around about that time, um, I wanted sugar. I wanted it again around about three o'clock. I wanted it again um, in the evenings, whenever I was sitting down and just relaxing. 
And I noticed when I noticed it after a couple of days, I then really tuned into my, my brain and I could see that that's exactly what it was. It wasn't that I needed to have the sugar. It was that I was associating those particular things with having the sugar. So I then decided when I, know, when I noticed that just to change things up. So I didn't have the same sugar cravings anymore just by changing things up because I wasn't in the same place. And it really was a flip from one day to the next of, well, let's change these things out. Let's at half past 10 or 11, whenever you know you're going to have those feelings and you know you're going to have the coffee or the tea, don't have it. Just don't. Do something different. So I've just been going outside and having a 15, 20 minute walk whenever I get that boredom bit sinking in. Um, same again at three o'clock. And then in the evenings after I've eaten, and I usually eat and then go to the gym, which is a bit bizarre, but it ties in with things that I've got to do with the kids. So instead of sitting down in front of the TV, which is the only time that I'll sit down and do the TV after I've eaten, I'm just not doing it. And I'm not having the same cravings. So it's nice. I feel good. It's two weeks into not eating sugar. I'm not replacing it with anything. I'm not having sugar substitutes or anything. And I feel quite good. But the biggest takeaway out of all of that for me was the association between the two. Anyway, there you go. So just to ask, when you say you went sugar free, are you talking about processed sugars or are you not eating anything sweet tasting? Um, like fruit. I'll have I'll have some fruit, but no more fruit than I normally had. So mm. the fruit, and I, it, I'm I'm much I'm more of a vegetable person than I am a fruit person. Same. Yeah. Um, so I would much rather have a plate of broccoli than than yeah. um, than an apple. I'm not a big yeah. yeah. And for, but if I eat a banana, I tend to have them on the less ripe side. I tend yeah. to have them greener. And I don't mind like, some blueberries or some strawberries, but that for me is, is it. I'm not, a great, um, I'm not a great fruit eater. So no, I'm not replacing it with anything. Um, I've definitely increased my protein consumption though. Yes. Um, and I'm finding that eating more protein, I'm definitely fuller for longer too. But, you know, it might just be the fact that the sugar is coming out of my system because I was probably... I was probably having maybe a whole, a half a chocolate bar, a whole chocolate bar in the morning. I was having it again a little bit after lunch. I was having it three o'clock in the afternoon. I was even having something when I came in from the gym, if I was feeling a little bit, like a little bit tired after a hard workout, I was even having it then. And I'm just not now, I'm just not, I'm coming in and what I've been trying to do is I've been trying to save up. I macro count, but I macro count because I'm trying to get myself into figure comp um, shape. So I've been keeping my protein for coming in from the gym. So I'll come in from the gym now and rather than going into the fridge and grabbing a, a cookie or whatever, which is what I was doing. It's definitely mm. what I was doing. I'm just taking a... a a glug of um, protein powder, probably 20 grams of protein um, before I go to bed. I'm also sleeping better. I'm mm. definitely, definitely sleeping better. Mood too. swings? Mood swings? Um, 
I have had a couple of horrible things happen to me this week. So mood swings mm-hmm. have been really good and I guess I've coped with them well. My dog died the other day. We found him oh, no. dead in the garden and I didn't have a meltdown. Um, mood swings? No, I'm not, I'm not, I haven't noticed any, but it's not my cycle. So it will be interesting mm-hmm. to see how I feel when I go into my cycle, which will be next week. I usually get the mad sugar cravings then, so that will be interesting to observe. I can't talk about that right now, though, because I just don't know. But at the moment, it's good. And if I take myself out of the spaces that I associated with my chocolate consumption, or my, it was chocolate, I mean, what? I, there was nothing else. Um, chocolate, I guess croissants were another thing that I like. Um, mm. I, Things, things like that, maybe going and having a croissant and a coffee. If I take myself away from those kind of things, then I'm just not, I'm not eating them. Yeah. No, it's, it's um, you know, the pattern that you've just, just described is, is very similar to me as well. I don't, but I don't, I don't generally like sweet things. Like croissant, I wouldn't, it just doesn't bother me at all. But chocolate, but I, I it's, it's dark chocolate. Um, but it, yeah. It's, it's interesting to hear the impact that it's had on you. Um, but I need to pick my week carefully. Yeah, no, <laughs> I'm gonna, no. I'm going to start it. <laughs> well, I didn't start out with the intention of doing 40 days. I started mm. out with the intention of just doing the seven days. But I think, um, so I started on, I, I started on, I actually started on Ash Wednesday. I was going to start on the Monday of that week and do the seven days. And then I thought, you know, in for a penny, in for a pound. If I'm going to do seven days, let's just see if I can do this. Instead of doing the seven days, cutting the sugar and then going right back into it again, let's see if I can do it for a prolonged period of time. Mm. So I started on that Wednesday. So that's that, what, two Wednesdays ago, I think? Mm-hmm. I think it's yeah. two, two Wednesdays or two weeks ago now. And I even survived. Um, it was my birthday on Sunday and we went for brunch um, to one of the hotels that's got all the fancy desserts and they're serving you up bubbles and everything when you get in. I managed to not do any of it. I didn't touch any of the desserts. I didn't have any of the wine or the bubbles or anything. I stuck 100% to just the food. And I was even careful because there was a couple of the salad dishes and I thought to myself, I bet you've put a little bit of sugar in the salad dressings that's in this. So I checked and I avoided those as well. So... I really wow. did stick to stick mm. to doing it. So if I can do that on my birthday, then there's no damn way I'm going to give in between now and the the rest of the forty days. Absolutely not. So no birthday cake. Uh-huh. No. No. No birthday cake. So no, good. And I was I, so I was adamant. It was like don't even think about getting me a birthday cake here. I don't mm. want any of it. And I'm going to another event on Saturday as well, where there's going to be desserts and whatever else out but no I'm not doing it I'm gonna do, I'm gonna stick this out and I'm gonna see how much better I feel I will tell you that I even with all of my weight training and the increased um, protein consumption I'm eating a hundred percent macros here um, so it's all just all um, formulated for where I want to be shape wise I've still lost four and a half pounds since I've done the um, since I've started doing this 
Really? So, yeah. So I've obviously had some fat on my body to lose that I didn't, mm. that I didn't know about either. Oh, well, that's really inspirational. You've inspired me. You've inspired me to give it a go. So what day are we today, Wednesday? I'm going to start tomorrow. And then you need to keep me accountable, Virginia. Right, we'll do that then. Stay, okay. just, just do it. Let's do, yeah, it. do it. Just yeah. be, be conscious. Just be conscious of everything that you do. That's caused that we all the, the thing. Maybe you want to take a day and just maybe write down um, mm. when you're eating the chocolate if you don't already know. I know. <laughs> you know when you're doing it. I know. I know. So talking of inspirational people, we were going to talk today about people in our lives who have, who stand out as being, having been an inspiration to us or a mentor, someone, it doesn't necessarily need to be another woman, but just someone, you know, if you're listening at home, can you think of someone in your life that has really, you know, changed your perspective inspired you to to do something in particular in your life or to become someone different um, that's helped you see things clearly that you know that's really inspired you do you have someone Virginia well I do but since I've been talking for ages you go <laughs> you, you go okay now, this was prompted because I actually, I went to a conference last weekend. Uh, it's called Woman of I'm so jealous of you being able to go to all of I these know. conferences. There's just nothing here. You'll have to come over and stay and we'll go. Not whilst we'll there's before. coronavirus. <laughs> no, please. Let's, let's wait for a few months. Um, but we, yeah, I went to Woman Manifest and... You know, this is a, it's a conference for empowering women and um, there were hundreds and hundreds of women there. And they had lots of speakers. There were people on the main stage. There were workshops going on. There was a story stage. There were people exhibiting there. And, you know, it, it was aimed at all different women, but there was a lot of um, emphasis on entrepreneurs, of course, women business owners. So there were people there talking about social media and how to grow your business. But the vast majority of women that I heard speak anyway would start off, even if it was a, a more business-related topic, would start off with their story, you know, how they came to be where they are today. And it was, you know, they were all very inspiring women. And it got me thinking about my story and, you know, how I have come to be where I am today and doing what I'm doing. Because, of course, my path has been varied, so to speak, going from... Um, you know, having ballet as such a huge part of my life when I was younger to becoming a lawyer in the city for 10 years and now going back to my roots and my passion, which is ballet. And I, I wrote my story and I actually then um, talked about my story on my business page, on my Facebook page on Monday. And as a big part of that was someone when I was young that still inspires me to this day. And I met her when I was two years old and I remember her vividly she was my ballet teacher and she was called, called Pearl Shaw and I was a terribly terribly shy child painfully shy and didn't want to go anywhere without my mum my mum danced at the back of the class with me for six weeks and eventually she was allowed to leave um, and ballet became my safe place 
you know, in all other aspects of my life, at, at school, etc., things were still tricky for me. But ballet was the one place. And it was because of this woman. She was an incredible, she was strict, you know, the discipline, of course, in ballet, the, it, it is a discipline. So she was strict. There was no messing about. You would never have, she was Scottish, incidentally. Um, she was very direct, very strict. Um, it was very disciplined. No one messed about in her classes. But she was the most kind, loving, passionate person that I can remember in my life. She really stands out as, um, you know, that beacon that changed the direction of my life and the, the path of my life. And it stayed with me to this day, which is why I do what I do. And she was really invested in her students' experience. She had a huge passion for what she did. She had a huge passion for ballet, but a huge passion for helping her students succeed. Um, and, and not just that, it wasn't just about the technique. It wasn't about, you know, having your bun perfect, looking perfect and your leotard and all the rest of it, which of course had to be, but it was about. I thought you said bum there. I just realized you said bun. Bun as in, yeah, the bun on your head, your hair. Yeah. Um, everything had to be immaculate, but it, it was more about your experience and how the art form made you feel inside. So she would talk a lot about the ballets, the music, you know, all the background to it. And that's, that's how I connected with it. That's how um, it became the complete love of my life. And she was, of course, an amazing teacher. So as I grew older, I mean, sadly, she died at a very young age. She was 52 when she passed oh, wow. away. Oh, Really? Yeah, and um, well, that's so and her, sad. Her, yeah, her, her daughter took over the dance school, but the passion never left me, and I absolutely adored her. So it was the first time I'd kind of lost anyone in my life, and it stayed with me. And then later on, her way of teaching and the way that she treated every single child when I decided I was going to leave the law and become a teacher the my teaching style was so similar to hers and I love teaching children I do because I feel like I'm giving a part of her back to those children as well because she taught me a you know that passion and and love and how it can make you feel inside but also how to share that with other people because it's not always that easy how to have children that I now teach feel the feelings that I had at their age. Um, and different children, of course, have a different level of maturity and a different understanding of their body and their, their, the feelings that they're having. But it helped, she, she helped me um, express myself through dance in a way that I was completely unable to do in any other aspect of my life. So she was a huge huge um inspiration to me she was hugely influential has been always been on my life and you know she never knew it because I was too young to tell her um but yeah it's, she's just always stayed with me is such a huge part um of who I've become actually in the way that I lead my life she was a you know they're like gold dust aren't they these people they really are. You find them and you have to hold on to them. She was, she was really, really special. Um, and then, yeah, later on in life, I've had 
other people who've been very inspiring. Um, so various teachers, you know, like my English literature teacher at school um, taught me the love of literature, which I'll be forever grateful for because I just wouldn't have had the same understanding or passion for books uh, if it were not for him. So I've had, you know, I've had a few along the way, but that one at, that, at such an important stage of your life as well was, was my really, really big one. Gosh, you How can see, you? you can see. Mm. I'm still looking for mine. Oh. I'm still looking for my, my, my mentor. Um, a lot of what I do is, I, I guess my mum was a massive inspiration for me um, in a good way and a bad way. Um, I mean, if you've listened, you've heard me talking about her before. I'm not going to go into all of that, but she was always the person in the background telling me that I could be whatever I wanted to be, whoever I wanted to be, that there was no barriers, there was nothing stopping me just to go out and do everything that I wanted to do. And then when she died as young as she did, she inspired me then to continue living my absolute best life, to do everything that I wanted to do. But she also inspired me, I think, to be my fittest and my healthiest and to see exactly what I could get out of life. So a lot of what I do now is based on things that she's told me. Um, I guess, yeah, just th things she's told me. I mean, I, I'm, I'm my mother's daughter. I, I'm out there to live the life that she didn't live. So I looked at her with all of the potential that she had, her potential for greatness, her potential for, for strength, mental and physical, and none of that came to fruition. So, and maybe that's one of the issues that I've got and why I struggle to find a mentor because maybe I don't feel like I, I need one because, maybe, and, and this is where I probably do because I'm out on this mission to be, how long can I live for? How, how long can I stay in peak physical condition? Um, how much hardship can I endure and still come out of the other end and be strong? And it's not because I want to be a martyr. It's, I think it's because I want to show other people that life's going to throw you a whole load of lemons. But if you just dig in and get it done, you can still be really happy. Um, you can still be really fit. You can still be really healthy. You can be whatever you want to be. Using that old Ford, um, is it Henry Ford um, quote, if you think you can't, you're right. And if you yeah. think you can, you're right too. Mm. Uh, that, that's what I do. But I'll be honest. I mean, I'm just going to be brutally honest here. It's a lonely life. I find this a lonely life because... I don't feel like your typical woman. Um, I go to the gym at night, for example, and I'm one of the very few women in the gym. Um, when you look at the women who are in the gym, I'm probably the oldest woman in the gym for, by a long shot. I'm probably older than most of the men too. And I certainly don't feel like an old person. So it's, it's a lonely life, but it's a life I want to keep living. I want to keep doing this. I think that life's a gift. 
Um, and maybe I feel this way because my mum died so young, but I feel that life's a gift to all of us. And I find it sad when we give up on ourselves mentally and physically. I agree. And, and so many people, you know, get to, um, in the, into their 40s and 50s and, and think that's, that's it. You know, there's no, you can't start again. You can't improve things. This is it. Um, but what's interesting about that is I wonder, you know, you're saying you're still looking for a mentor. I'm not sure I've ever had a mentor as such. I've just had people come in and out of my life that has, that have really inspired me in many different ways. And, but you know, if that hasn't happened to you or you can't think of anyone that comes to mind, there's no reason. And this has just made me think about it because you were saying it's a lonely life is there's no reason why we can't be intentional about this seeking those people out because one of the most important things I think for as women is to surround ourselves with, you know, our tribe to surround ourselves by other women who totally get us that are there for us. And I have my whole life struggled with this because I was mm-hmm. bullied at school by girls. So I have always avoided groups of women always still do. And it's only really the last six months I would say that I have been more intentional about my female friendships and I valued those female friendships that I have because you have to, you have to hold on to those people and it might not be someone that you see every single day at school gates. Mm -hmm. It might be someone you you've never even met in real life. Um, it might be, you know, someone you've met online as in, you know, I don't mean, don't mean you've gone online looking dating or anything like that. I mean, you know, in an online business network or whatever it is, there are so many inspirational women out there. They're not necessarily always around you physically, but you can find them. And when you do find them and, you know, they are inspirational to you in lots of different, you're inspirational to me. Totally, you are. Thank you. Um, well, I've got that. I mean, I, I have that. There's, there's, mm. that, there's no doubt in the fact that there are women in my life mm. that I think I wouldn't associate myself with them otherwise. There's yes. women who come into my groups, and there are women that you can see that just want to be better. And I, I love those women. The, the women who just dig in and get it done, no complaints. I think they are great. And I'm really lucky in my groups to be to have loads of those kind of women round about me. So there's lots of women that I that I like being in the company of. But I was just looking at it more from I, I guess this the, the guru kind of thing. Mm. But I tell you why I, this is interesting. Um, so I have sought out mentors. Each and every mentor that I have sought out has been a man and each one of them has let me down because he hasn't lived up to my expectations, <laughs> which, I, which I, no, <laughs> but they just so don't, they just so don't. I went to work with, as a consultant for one guru, um, I'm just going to say who it was, it was Brian Rose from London Real, hey Brian, stuff you, um, I went to work, I went to work for him, I mean, I, there's no, I have nothing against the guy, I have absolutely nothing against him, but I thought he was going to be this great guru, and I get in there and I think, what the hell, 
What the hell? Is, yeah. You're just a norm. You're just ordinary. You're you're full of the same bullshit that everybody else is full of. Not that he's not successful. Not that he's not got a decent product or anything's along those lines. I am not discrediting the man in any way, shape, or form. But he just wasn't the he wasn't the guru and he wasn't the mentor that I wanted him to be. So he really mm. let me down. Mm. Really let me down. But I think that there's a lot of that out there, and you know that that can be with friends who you know you see on a regular basis the people that say how are you and you say fine when you're not you know they're they're not they're not the this is about deep connection this is about you know knowing these people and I I know that I will be able to in 10 years time count on my hands the the people that I could go to for anything to message to pick up the phone and say probably that hand probably my right hand yes um that I could message and be honest and open with them because I know they've got my back. Yeah. Um, and that, that, doesn't need, that doesn't need a ton of history. That doesn't need, need, it doesn't mean I need 20 years history with somebody. I could have had six, know someone for six months and you just know that, you know, we, we've had experiences, haven't we? We've mm-hmm. messaged each other and said, oh God. Um, well, I value our friendship. Really, yeah. really, really value yeah, it. And I, I didn't, didn't know you from Adam. Mm-hmm. It was just like, we, we know how we met and mm. I'll still say, oh, Sarah's talk to my husband about it, Sarah's doing this and we chatted about this. And I know that if I've got like a big business issue and I need somebody to chat to about it, I know that I can just message you and mm. there's an understanding there. And that mm. to me is valuable. That's like really super valuable. valuable. Yeah, it, it really is because I think that that's hard to do. It's hard sometimes to... to not be vulnerable but to to put yourself out there and yeah. ask for help because as women think no I've got it it's all under control and sometimes it really isn't and so finding those inspirational people because I, I I do find women like you incredibly inspirational because as you were saying you see these women who want to make a success of their lives they're inspirational those are the people I want to surround myself with yeah me too Absolutely, to lift me higher and to do it together. And yes, there'll be bumps along the road, but I think we do need to be intentional about it. Some of us are lucky, like I was, um, meeting Pearl Shaw when I was younger and having such a huge impact on me at the right time when I needed it. Sometimes that doesn't happen, but that there's no reason for us to sit back and say, oh, it's just, it's not happened to me. Be intentional about it because they're out there. These women are out there and, you know, get to know people. You don't need to be around hundreds of people all the time in no, big groups no, of women. You can, you can form really close bonds with people one-on-one um, through your life and you know you will value that so much I certainly do you know I've not got hundreds of female friends no I don't the, either. the reasons I've just explained um but I do have female friends that I can reach out to that I may not have spoken to for a long time and those women are inspirational to me and they're important to me and I need them absolutely need them in my life yeah. well I, I miss guess, my mum I, I, yeah. I miss having her yeah. even with her all, all of her bad bits mm, I yeah. still miss her and I still sometimes think what what would she have done how would she have reacted what would she tell me in these circumstances mm-hmm. um, and even her 
dying changed the course of my life. And it's, mm. it's difficult to look on someone's death in a positive way. But given the circumstances, it's difficult for me to, I, I, I can't go back into all of the, the circumstances of her dying, but her death inspired me to live. Yeah. And it inspired me to live my best life. Mm. Um, I mean, and people will say to me, oh, how can you go to the gym all the time and do that? I can do it because I love it. I can do it because it makes me feel good. I like how it makes me look. There's a whole load of, th- there's a whole load of that kind of stuff there. I mean, mm, mm. I, yeah. I enjoy it. And I'm driven like Ernestine Shepherd, for example. She's that 80, 80 odd year old um, yeah. bodybuilding woman from yeah. the States. She inspires me. She's an inspiration, yeah. Yeah, I'm inspired can, by her. You, you know, in some ways you are your own mentor because of you know everything that you you've taken from your mum but also you can you can have like many mentors so if I if I think about my close friends that mean well to me that I would move heaven and earth for that inspire me that support me that I know I could reach out to they're all my mentors in a way yeah. because you don't need one person that mentors your whole life you can have you know, different people in different places acting as mini mentors to you that will say what you need to hear when you want to hear it. Um, I'm inspired by any woman who digs in and lives the life that she truly wants to live. So any woman in my network who lives the life that she truly wants to live and not the life that she thinks she should lead or a life for somebody else will inspire me. Mm. And, and, and that can mean it, it can be it can be anyone. There's a, 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 a woman called Sarah Louise who's been through, she's one of my friends who's been through a whole lot of rubbish in her life. And she inspires me because she just keeps trying. Mm-hmm. She'll fall off the wagon in any in lots of different ways. And she just picks herself up and she gets back on with it again. I'm inspired by that. I'm inspired yeah. by anybody who just tries like things like you've done leaving the law and trying mm. something different mm. digging yeah. in and getting it done that's what that's what inspires me Joan of Arc G.I. Jane <laughs> Bodicea <laughs> you know all of those kind of people the people who just think to hell with all of the noise that's going round about me. Yeah, surround yourself with those people. Bring in that They're network. Dead. They're dead. <laughs> no, no, no. Surround yourself with current day <laughs> friendships um, that you can that you can cultivate and that you can you can have that around you. And but just because those people are dead doesn't mean they stop inspiring you. Their stories will inspire you continually. My husband um, inspires me. My my husband is is seriously badass he really is yeah so yeah he he inspires me don't don't let him hear this my husband no shh don't tell him my husband levels me well that's probably why (laughs) mine that's probably why i love mine so much too (laughs) really yeah brings me back down to the ground which is you know not to be sniffed at it needs to be it needs to happen Right. Well, yeah, we'd love to hear from people. If you've got inspirational people around you or if you don't have that and you, this has inspired, this, this talk has inspired you to find those inspirational people, <laughs> um, then please, please let us know. And, you know, if you want to talk to us about anything, you know, we're here for you too. So um, let us know. We'd love to chat with you. 
and um, we can't wait to speak to you again on the next episode of Smart Women Connect. <laughs>